Hey everybody, Dr. B here. I interview the great Maricielo Solis, blogging expert. Um, we hope to do business together as well, and it's an amazing interview, and I hope you're aspired or inspired to give back and, and, and really provide value to your, to your network. Enjoy the interview. Hi, Dr. B here. Are you struggling to get rid of stubborn fat but don't want to have plastic surgery? 111 Spa and Aesthetics non-invasive slimming massage can help you get the body you always wanted. 111 Spa and Aesthetics can also help you when it comes to cellulite treatments and body contouring massage. 111 Spa and Aesthetics offers a full range of skincare services, including facials, acne, scar treatments, skin tightening, microdermaspiration, and more. 111 Spa and Aesthetics are trained professionals with extensive skincare experience and utilize only the best equipment possible. For more information, please visit their website at www.111aesthetics.com. That's one O N E eleven. L-E-V-E-N Spa Aesthetics.com located at 10 East Munaki Road in Hackensack, New Jersey 07601 and to make an appointment don't miss out 201-520-1777 201-520-1777 Spa and Aesthetics Hi everyone, Dr. B here with another edition of the Dr. B Show Season 4. I'm with the, here with the great Maricielo Solis. Maricielo, how are you? I'm doing great, you know, holiday season. It's always fun to just be with the family, have good food. That's doing- right. That's right. I'm you know, recording during the holiday season. I do have my ugly sweater. It's a rustling sweater, but it's okay. It works. <laughs> <laughs> so Maricielo, tell everyone about yourself. Hi, so I I am a former TV journalist. I worked on TV for, man, like seven, eight years um, before becoming an online media entrepreneur. I am the CEO and founder of BlendTW. We are a media digital company that, well, our mission is to foster human connection. We have a digital marketing agency, a publication reaching over 1 million readers per month, an e-commerce business, uh, and so many projects ahead of me. I love it. I love it. You're like me. We're always involved in like cooking, have several things cooking at the same time. Right. So I get it. I get it. I, I get where you're coming from. Uh, so I'm a big edu- uh, educator. You can see by my behind my wall. It's not a Zoom background. <laughs> it's my actual wall. So you went to Wheaton College in Massachusetts with a Bachelor of Arts in ma- uh, majoring in uh, international relations and journalism and graduated magna cum laude. Uh, so tell us about that experience. How did, how did that, that help you mold into what you're doing today? Um, it just, honestly, we in was such a blessing. Um, it, I got to travel so much. I actually studied abroad in China. I speak Mandarin. When I lived in China, it was way more fluent than it was now, but you know, like just gave me that international perspective and, you know, got, had a great mentors who I think were pivotal in my career early stages because I always wanted to do the media thing, right? It's kind of like this little bug that I, that I had during my senior year. I didn't have experience. I didn't know anyone. So they encouraged me, right? My mentors and my professor, you should go for it. You should apply. I remember taking a journalism class and just in the director of the AP Associated Press Bureau, actually in Boston, was the one um, given the class. It was just in love with the whole craft and I decided to go for it, but it was just so rewarding. I have 
the best experience, the best mentors. Yeah. You spoke about language, which I want to get into next. So you also, are, I know you studied Chinese and Mandarin. Tell us how how challenging that was, uh, you know, learning the actual uh, language and writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me about that. Um, you know, I've always loved challenges. I'm a little bit <laughs> weird in that sense. I just love challenges. Um, I do have like my my dad, you know, he has ancestry. We have, I think it's like great grandfather was Asian um, and Peruvians tend to have a lot of Asian um, heritage, but no one in my family speaks Mandarin. I think I just was so drawn by a culture that is so different from mine, you know, like speaking Spanish, speaking Mandarin is like two different worlds. But I just wanted to learn and be part of the culture. So I remember taking an elective class in high school. And it, I think it was choices like between French or Mandarin. And I was like, French sounds great, but let me take Mandarin. You know, what is this language about? It seems very different. And I'm really good with memorization. I'm really good at memorizing things. And that's why you need, honestly, to be able to write in Mandarin. It's not as hard as people think. I think the hardest part of just... Um, Mandarin is the tones, right? Mandarin has uh, five tones. Cantonese has like seven. So yeah, like I think the tones is probably the hard part, like speaking and people actually understanding what you're saying. Um, but it just opened so many doors for me. I had great mentors. I actually got a fellowship to study at Middlebury Language School, um, the Middlebury College, and it was just such an incredible experience for me. Um, so yeah, so it was challenging, but it was fun. And I think... The younger you learn a language is honestly the easiest, you know, like I feel like if I were to learn a language now, it'll be a little bit harder unless I move there for a couple of years and I think it'll come easy to me. But I feel like if you are just starting, you're just graduated from like high school or, you know, you're about to pick college and you're interested in languages um, and you're not sure maybe that's a good elective, I would say go for it. Because it not only opens the window to that language, but to the whole culture. And that's the beauty of it. Mm -hmm. No, 100%. My mom only spoke to me in Spanish growing up, so uh, I picked up Spanish by default. <laughs> so I was able to read, write, and speak Spanish. But <clears throat> I agree with you. I, you know, opens up a lot of doors that I now I can do business with the entire Latin America or South America as a result. Of and very helpful because now I'm about to launch a whole e-commerce business. Yeah. Um, and we've been dealing with a lot of suppliers in China. And it's so helpful that I can speak Mandarin so I can go there and actually have negotiations. negotiations and, exactly. and it's such a different perspective when you can speak the language. They're like, wait, what? You can actually speak our language. Okay, okay. You know, we're going to give you that discount. <laughs> so it is really helpful, really helpful. Yeah. Exactly. They can't talk bad about you. <laughs> They can do it actually in like because in China they oh, have sure. their, like, like dialect. Um, dialect. Dialect oh, yeah. language. Uh, yeah. It's okay. Don't worry. Don't sweat it. <laughs> <laughs> you also had, you did mention at the beginning uh, of, our, of our conversation, you had some experience in media uh, mm -hmm. and obviously leveraged that into, uh, you know, starting your business, which, which we'll get into next. So you have experience working with NBC Universal, NBC News, CNN. How did that also help you into what you're doing today? Um, it just opened a whole world of possibilities because 
I, when I was in high school and college, I had a couple of internships. One of them was in Bolivia as a print journalist uh, for this beautiful grassroots journal and magazine, um, indigenous magazine. And then I did an internship here at Univision. Um, and that kind of was like, gave me an overall look of what the industry looked, but it was different when I actually got a job, right? Out of college. And I was the 30 Rock working at these huge, huge shows. You know, we're talking about the Today Show, MSNBC, the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. It just made me realize that there's so much to it, right? Like, usually when you see a show, you just see the anchor and you have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. Um, Like, the amount of work it takes, I have so much respect for producers because producers are really the brain of the show. Um, So it, it made me realize it was just way more to it. There were so many different, um, I think different industries within media that I could tap into and potentially also have a career. Um, so that was really, really helpful. I love it. I love it. Um, now, before I move on into speaking about your business, like what advice would you give someone who's trying to break into the business? I know now we're trying to like represent representation matters. You're trying to get folks like you and I on TV, uh, English speaking TV. What advice would you give to someone trying to break into the media? Get as much as experience possible, right? Um, I feel like if you're just don't know, I didn't have any connections, you know, people like it's so, oh my God, I can't believe it. You work at CNN, you know, all these big shows. I generally did not know anyone. I just apply. And I think it's so important when you go on interview and kind of know your worth. I, I see a lot of, especially like Latinos, like young journalists, they think it's like, oh, I'm not good enough for the job. Like, I'm not going to get it. No, you have to know and be confident in what you can offer to that company, right? And how do you do that? It's try to get as much as knowledge as possible, not only in like TV journalism, like print, online media now is huge. There's so many opportunities, work with startups, work with publications, right? Um, you can even, I don't know, like create a gig on Fiverr if you do for writing start writing for other for their people right there's so many ways to to take advantage of of the education that you're getting in college and to get experience because that's what's going to help you to get the dream job that you want 100 i agree with you there I, I actually had a podcast interview earlier today we were talking about yeah the importance of yeah uh, putting yourself out there through internships into volunteerism and, and just you know just, you know, just, you know, putting yourself out there right, into the world and, and making it happen, right, little by little. So great point. Great point. <laughs> you also founded, uh, is it Blend TW back in 2017? Yes. All right. So that's what I want to get into next. So can you tell us the origin about that? I know the story, but can you tell the people the story? <laughs> I'm sum it up because I could talk for like a whole day about it. Um. But I was working, this was 2017, I was working um, behind the scenes at CNN. I was producing the morning television show, New Day. Back then, Chris Cuomo was still in the network. He was anchoring with Allison Camerata, and it was incredible, right? Working with the team, it was like, oh my God, it was like 60 people on the team. That's what people don't know. Like These teams are super big, especially for morning television. Um, and I loved it, right? I've been learning. I've also been working with the Anderson Cooper, a 360 team, like all the different networks doing a variety of things right from line producing to guest booking to actually pitching for segments um 
I think what it, what happened to me is that even though I just love so much hard news, I got to a point that it was really taking a, a toll on my mental health because covering hard news and many people at the worst day, it does take a toll. And I just wanted a little bit of a change, right? I wanted to focus on storytelling that was more uplifting. So at the same time, I knew um, this was 2017. I remember going to one of these events, uh, Telemundo events, and had the great opportunity to meet the Dean of Admissions for the Columbia Journalism School. They have a great journalism school. So she, she was just talking to me and I was like, oh my God, you work at CNN and you're so young. Why don't you come and just kind of like every Thursday mentors to students, talk to them about what it takes to work in these big corporations. And, was like, and I was like, why not? That'll be really helpful for them. So I'm down to do it. So yeah, so I did it for a couple months and I think Every time I would go and talk to students, like I realized that a lot of like Gen Z like, and, and that specifically at that time, also millennials, like they did not consume media the way the older generation, right, was consuming it, like watching CNN or all the, like, for example, nightly news. No, it was really TikTok, YouTube. Like, this is like 2017 was kind of the year where everything was taking off. Instagram was taking off. Like, TikTok was taking off. Snapchat was taking off. And I think also there was, um, there was a little bit of animosity, right? A lot of minority groups felt that they were not being represented accurately in mainstream media. I mean, there was a lot going on, right? Black Lives movements, um, with the elections, Trump had just become president. So there was a lot of, a little bit of mistrust with what the medium was representing out there. So out of all these conversations, right, I realized that people just wanted to be able to tell their stories from their perspective. And that's where, that's what we decided to launch this grassroots journalism project. And the website was called Blenty because we wanted to blend the world as kind of uniting people from different perspectives, from different parts of, of just the country. Um, and at its early stages, it was just really submissions. Kind of think about Humans of New York, right? How they tell stories of all local New Yorkers. So we would have all these series about mental health, suicide prevention, immigration from that perspective of college students. And yeah, and, and really college students like from all over the country would submit to it. And it was great. So yeah, in 2018, one of her stories went viral. And then I think we we started seeing like actually traction for what was like, wait, what? We can actually make this into a business. So yeah, they decided to take a leap of faith, quit my job, dedicate myself day and night on just on working on Blend TW. And it was hard. I'm not gonna lie, right? I had just quit my very secure job. My parents were not happy, but I had I really wanted this to work. So after three years of hard work, dedication, uh the the, the website took off and I have not looked back since then. Do you want to promote your product or services to your target audience but don't know how? Do you struggle with social media marketing and management? Do you have challenges of lead generation for your business online? But look no further. Get more clicks. Media helps with SMS, MMS, and email marketing. Also, social media marketing and management, video marketing, lead generation, brand recognition, SEO, e-commerce, and website development. For more information, please visit getmoreclicksmedia.com. That's getmoreclicksmedia.com. That's awesome. And I think it's important. I think it all begins with uh, something that I really stress is like mentoring right? and how that all started and you was able to give back and then, yeah. you know, and then something went viral and, and it took off and you basically put, 
you went all in right on the, on the business and yeah yeah and in the first years i always tell this because i speak so much to young students it's not easy entrepreneurship is not something that you go in thinking you're going to make your first million you know like fast or no it it takes so much dedication sometimes sacrifices to make something work like i, I think the first two years i worked over 12 or 13 hours 14 sometimes a day I was making like nothing like zero pennies, you know, and investing a lot of money. Um, but I feel like when you believe in a vision, right. And, and you're determined to do it, it will happen for you, but you just have to put in the work. Mm-hmm. No, agreed. Agreed. And then, you know, similar sentiment, having my own LLC the first couple of years definitely took a big L and I, I started a business right before the pandemic. So <laughs> think about that, right? So you add that on top of everything, similar to you, right? But you know, the, the like the, the right, the people like you and I, you just gotta be persistent, stay the course yeah. uh, and then put in the work and then eventually you'll, you'll see the fruits of your labor, right? So. Absolutely, yeah. And, and I think I always tell this to students, make sure that you invest in knowledge, right? Because think about it. If you're trying to create a business that you have no idea about, or you think, you know, because majority of people is like, Oh, I know how this works. No, you, you got to invest in knowledge. You got to surround yourself with people that are like 10 steps ahead of you, because those are the people that are going to challenge you. They're going to ask you the harsh questions that usually majority of young entrepreneurs don't want to hear about. Right. If yeah. people around you are saying you're great and you're amazing, but you're basically investing all this money and not seeing ROI, then no, you have to basically be in a room full of people that are so much more successful than you are, because then you feel the pressure. You feel like, whoa, you know, like I really need to step up. I really need to take my business to the next level. And the way you do that is by acquiring knowledge, by, you know, investing in coaching and surrounding yourself with people that are going to ask those tough questions. No, hundred percent agree there. We could even we, I could go on a tangent, but we'll, we'll be here forever. But I, I mean, I want to, <laughs> in the interest of time, I really want to get into uh, your business and then discuss content marketing strategy, right? So, why is a blog important to having you as an individual or, or organization as a subject matter expert? So, why is a blog still relevant or important today in two thousand twenty two, two thousand twenty three? Yeah, I mean, a blog is just content, right? People want, like, think about any brand um, or just the way we use the internet. The internet's there, specifically Google, is to answer the questions, to solve the problems that we have, right? So when you create a brand that it's all about providing value to a customer, I think everything just drastically changes the approach of selling the approach of acquiring customers because what you're building it's a loyal fan base people are going to come to you because they see you as someone credible they see you as someone that before trying to sell someone or trying to you know provide a service you're providing value and when you're known by like just when you're known for providing value people are just going to want to be part of you and be your cheerleader or anything that you know support you in any way they can great point great point which is a segue into another topic which we could spend a couple of minutes on i did a little bit of research right before come <laughs> before our interview here so according to blogging wizard i'm not, I'm not sure how credible they are but i do uh, but six million okay. six hundred million blogs exist uh in the u.s right two million blogs are published daily and 31.7 million bloggers are in the U.S. alone, right? So, 
you know, I, I coach my, my small businesses to kind of, you know, what's the USP, right? What's your competitive advantage? Uh, how do you stand out amongst a com uh, competition? In this case, how do you stand out as a blogger? Uh, how, how do I stand out like yeah. as the competition? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, well, like I said, it's like any, let me just say one thing, like any business it, blogging or just building a community should be part of your, of your strategy. It should be because it's the most organic way to basically drive leads and build a loyal fan base, which is what you ultimately want. You, you just don't want people to like find you through a pay ad and then leave your website. Right. Correct. I was specifically for my niche, for example, Blenty W, right. It, we, it's a big publication, a primary demographic or college students. And our whole mission with the publication is to make college easier and smarter. So that has really made a huge difference in the lives of college students. Think about how much information is in the internet. Sometimes it's overwhelming and we simplify the process, right? From one of our holiday gift guides to the best 2023 laptops for college students to the best studying hacks for students. You know, like we generally um, work with our audience. We always try to get feedback from them and try to provide as much as value as possible. And that's how we've been able to skyrocket of like our numbers, right? Of readers in our magazine and publication. Yeah. Love it. Love it. That's what we're doing here. Adding value and whatever nuggets you give, someone will pick it up and they'll say, you know what? She's right. Mighty Cielo's right. And uh, I and apply it to my business. So 100% there. <laughs> I got another stat for you. So according to LinkedIn, 77% of internet users read blogs. That's great. So without get, giving away the secret sauce, right? Because I know obviously you do consulting too, right? What are the basics to having a blog? The first of all, you need to identify a niche that you can actually rank for. And I think people, it's so crazy that people think that they can just open. I mean, everyone can create a, an account in Bluehost, get a WordPress site and put a piece of content. Now, what that's going to rank and make that into business, you know, it's a whole different thing. But 50%, I feel of like the success factor is what are you choosing the right niche? And what, how do you do that? You have to do a lot of back-end research. You have to look at the industries. That's where the expertise comes in, right? You either become an expert, you hire someone to do it. And that once you've identified a niche, looking at different factors, for example, what are, um, that is specific block is getting traffic, like it doesn't have a domain authority that it's greater than 40 because then it's going to be impossible for you to compete. Then the second thing is making sure you have a content strategy. So we've done a case study in our industry it takes about 80 to 150 articles for a blog to get about 50,000 readers per month. And that is just, like I said, a very, very broad figure, right? But from a case study that one of my mentors did, um, they reached the number and obviously we all contributed in, in our space, SEO space. Um, so Think about if you open a website and then you want to start basically publishing content whenever you feel like it, you're never going to be able to, to rank. So what you have to do is like you have to keep, once you've identified that niche, you have to get, create SEO content strategy for at least a month. That would be advised. And then once you have that down and you know exactly how you can rank your competitors, you just go and have the choices. You're either outsources, which is what... Um, I do now. So apart from Blenty W this year, I'm creating five new websites. That's just kind of my baby project. Uh, and I'm having so much fun doing that. But I am outsourcing all 
that content to different agencies that I've worked with for a very long time. You know, for Blend Double, we have a whole editorial team, which is incredible. The majority of them are college students. And it makes sense because we're a college publication. But for the other ones, we are outsourcing. So then understanding how are you going to get your content, right? And then how um, are you going to be able to publish? You need to have a mechanism. You need to have um, what it is that you hired a VA you need to have basically a workflow because if you don't have that, then it's going to be very, very hard for you to be able to grow your publication. And when I talk about EAT content, EAT, it stands for expertise, authority, trustworthiness. And now actually they just added, Google just had another E. It's called experience. So these are guidelines that Google looks at. And you need to basically check each box for your content to ranked on Google, okay? Think about it, right? If you're not an expert on mental health, what will your website ranked on the first page of Google? It makes no sense, right? If you're an expert in finance, why would Google give you um, traffic, right? So you have to also understand that you you have to ask yourself when you're trying to look for a lucrative niche or a, a website that you want to um then do you want to grow? Do you actually have the expertise to write about those topics? And if you don't, probably that's not the right niche to go into. So that is super, super important. And making sure that you're always writing content with the user in mind. You're not writing for like a machine. You're writing for a person. Sometimes I've seen people just stuffing keywords all over the article. It's just so painful to read. And Google doesn't want that. I think very few people know this, but Google actually hires. They have, it's called auditors. I don't know how many of them are there, but they actually go and check website. I know there's so many websites on the internet, but they actually go each website and they look at your about page, like you at your content. So it's not machines doing all this work. Okay. So you got to get it right. This is so, so important. So I know I'm so against these bots. I agree with you. You have to write for the user, write for the user, right? Don't write for the bots. (laughs) Got to write for the user. So I think as long as you're writing e-content, you identify, first of all, the right niche, right in content, and you just are consistent with your efforts, you will see a difference and you can actually be able to grow a very lucrative niche, which by the way, not only will increase your clients, it will increase, um, you know, like if you're selling products or providing services, increase your sales, but it would also create new streams of income. People don't even know that you can make passive income throughout network. And it's real, you know, I've seen people in my space making over $20,000 just by putting ads on their website. Crazy to think about, but that's the potential, right? or affiliate marketing. So yeah, there's so many ways to be able to monetize once you have a big blog, your email subscriber list, right? That That's such a huge thing to have um, because once you have a list, these are people that believe in you, they love you and they want to consume and be there for you whenever you need them. So yeah, so much potential there for growth. Ah, you segue into my last question, right? So hypothetically, <laughs> if you was in a room with 50 to 60 entrepreneurs, why would you tell them, that blogging is important. The importance of blogging is important. Uh, if uh, well, it's just if, if it's, especially if it's that solopreneur who's an accountant or a lawyer or a financial service rep. Like, why? Why should they? Of, of course, if they can legally do it. I know financial service is very 
It, yeah, it's kind of yeah. like a great area. Yeah, 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 yeah you, exactly. could, you could potentially, obviously, I, I, one of my mentors, he has, um, he had because he already sold his website. He sold it for half a million dollars. Uh, he had like a credit repair website, which is incredible, yep. and um, and he positioned himself as the repair guy, the credit repair guy. I mean, first of all, brand awareness, right? Of course. Do you, how do you want to be seen? Do you want to be seen as a credible person? Well, it starts with providing value, not selling services and talking about things that you have no idea about. People are going to believe when they see that you are providing value to them. So that's my first thing for entrepreneurs. It's like, if you want to position yourself as actually an author, someone credible in your industry, create a blog. Second, if you produce content that actually people want, right? And you start ranking on Google, you can create a really like amazing loyal fan base. And then you can get them in your email list, right? You can get them um, also like, I don't know, like a specific communities, like your Facebook group, Facebook community. There's so many ways to be able to, um, if you have them in your blog, to be able to take them through different paths of experiences in your website. But ultimately is just going to drive more revenue, more sales, more clients. It's, it's just going to be a one-way situation. So yes, it's very important for any business to have a block. Love it. Where could people, uh, first of all, 30 minutes went quick. So I'm very engaged and I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, further conversations with you, right? But let's put it that way. But uh, where could people find more information about you if they're interested in uh, knowing, working with you or working with Blend uh, TW? Please, uh, I, I'm going to drop my link. Um, you can just share it with anyone that is interested. We provide a free consultation. Like I have, I kind of have this policy in through my digital marketing agency. I don't work. I don't want to work with anyone that I haven't spoken with before. Like I need to know your needs. I need to know what's your outcome, right? Um, last week there was a guy that went to our website and purchased our VIP packet, which was crazy. We didn't even know what we were trying to figure out how to who did this i'm like did, did this guy did i actually spoke to this guy before it's like no and i'm like we don't do that i generally have to write an email and say i'm sorry but you have to book a consultation with us you know it's free um because i need to know your needs and i want you to be happy and i want to make sure that i can deliver to what you actually want because i care about each of my clients right so Please, if you are interested in knowing more about what SEO content, you know, content and just in general content can do for your business, just go and book that free consultation with me. I'll be happy to talk to you. That's it. Mighty Cielo, it's been a pleasure, uh, you know, having <laughs> you on my show. And I'm so happy Mr. Adam uh, introduced us. So thank you, Mighty Cielo, for being on my show. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Have Amazing conversation. Beautiful New Year's. <laughs> you too. Take care. Mighty Cielo Solis, everybody. Has the pandemic changed the way you prospect today? Do you struggle prospecting for new leads for your business? Do you have challenges and don't have a process when networking at an event, either virtually or online? Well, look no further. Borja Consulting Group's Transforming Your Way to Success online course is a solution. In this eight-week intensive course, you will go from networking novice to networking guru. As a bonus, bonus, bonus. Two coaching sessions with Dr. Jairo Borja himself are now included in the course. Don't miss this amazing opportunity to transform your pipeline, increase quality leads, close more deals, and transform your way to success. For more information, please visit our website, www.borjaconsultinggroup.com. That's www.borjaconsultinggroup.com.
www.thebrandingbrand.com. Hey, everybody. I just interviewed Maricielo Solis, amazing young woman. And, and hopefully we get to do st some stuff together down the line. Uh, blogging expert, I hope you enjoy the episode and I hope you're aspired or inspired to really, you know, provide value to your network. Enjoy. See you later. <laughs>